Are you ready to be punched in the nuts by the truth? Then get ready for the number one no-nonsense zero bullshit whiner-free podcast that Time Spiral Magazine stated. What Viagra does for old people, this show does for magic players. It's the one, the only, Public Enemies Podcast. What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode number 34 of Public Enemies, and apparently this is version 3.0, because now, rather than having Jay Bush or Kevy Metal, we have with us uh, a new, some new blood, not new to the magic community, but new to heavy, or Public Enemies, new to Heavy Meta, yeah, right. Uh, that he is not. But anyway, so, as always, I'm Tangent, with me is Dr. Jeebus. Hey, how's it going? And uh, and now for today, anyway, uh, it's TSG. What's up, man? Thanks for having me, boys. Uh, it's like a new pair of pants. You're not sure if it's gonna. I actually don't remember all of Garth's <laughs> speech. I really shouldn't have started. Then uh, becomes part of you. I think is what he says. Oh, I fucked it up from the beginning. <laughs> if you haven't heard, but uh, it's good to be in a place where you can at least make Wayne's World references, and you're not too old. No, no, you're definitely not. Uh, I I do know it very well, and also. We make fools of ourselves all the time on Public Enemy, so that you're just rolling right along with the show, rest of the show. So it's all yeah. good. And for the show, um, I've taken a hiatus. I'm back. If you want to find out where I've been, listen to uh, The Imp's Prison. And I was on the latest one. I kind of go over all that. I don't want to get into it on Public Enemies right now. And so go check that out, and then you'll find out why I've been missing for over a year. And Jeebs is just, you know, Jeebus and... Have you, you haven't been podcasting lately, have you? Uh, sadly not, other than a couple appearances on Not Another Magic Podcast. Oh, okay. Alright. Yeah, I heard you, uh, I don't know, a couple episodes ago or whatever, and Tristan, you were on, uh, Heavy Meta a couple episodes ago, right? Uh, I stopped by briefly. I, I mean, you could say I was on it. Mostly I just <laughs> listened to them talk about Boost Cube, but, uh. Right. Uh, as far as recent magic goes, I, I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't. I think a good place to start. It feels like a new beginning is just kind of you know talk about how much magic you play these days. Because I do not play a lot, and thusly, when I go and do play, I try to look least the fool. Uh, <laughs> and while and while I used to be a font of knowledge in magic finance, uh, my numbers are sorely outdated. It's funny. I was actually just at GP Toronto hanging out with um, some dealer friends of mine, and I just I, so I was. They're trying to ask prices, and I was like, I can tell you what that card cost three years ago. Is that helpful? Like, that's, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're kind of in the same boat on that then, because I, I've, I don't even know the new block. So I'm now that I'm getting back into magic, I'm real. I feel like a noob all over again. I just, I don't even. I'm working from the ground up. And Jeebus has been around forever, so he knows it all. But he wouldn't tell you any different anyway. <laughs> I do know it all, though. I don't know why you're trying to indicate that I don't. Oh, no, no. I, I would never do that. Never. I mean, okay, so, maybe I don't know everything going on right now in terms of, like, standard, but... Right. Because well, I mean, you don't play Magic, you just, you know... I am playing draft. Magic as we speak. I'm <laughs> playing Super Mario World. So that's he plays, he drafts. Yeah, exactly. He drafts, and that's pretty much it. He plays Magic Online Draft, or sometimes Sealed, and that's it. Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, no, I mean, I play EDH every week, too. Oh, oh okay. But, I mean, true to, true to <laughs> my, uh... Somebody. Yeah, yeah. 
the fact that the fact that says a lot about someone. And then so the question is like, is it is it like six man your usual group EDH? Is it like come as you are four man a single elimination pod? Like like what's your poison of EDH? Um, I mean, so it's normally anywhere from three, which is unfortunate when that happens, to like six people. Uh, it's the same group of people, and it's always just free for all. So it's like you're, you're, I mean, you, you may or may not call them friends. I don't know what you'd refer to them as, but it's the, the usual suspects around your EDH table. You're not going to a Friday Night Magic style place to sit down against anybody. No, I have found that playing against random people's EDH decks is largely terrible. I would concur, but then again, I have a similar taste for the entire format. So I, I think if I was going to find myself wow. playing it on a semi-regular <laughs> basis, I would, I would want it to be with people that I can tolerate. Uh, more than once. Because so you I, would definitely not want to play with Jeebs then. Just uh, I mean, I I don't know. I, no, I, I'm telling you, you would not right. want to play with Jeebs. <laughs> I mean, I have I have a pretty <laughs> wide variety of decks though. Um, I think EDH in, is a wonderful cross section of a spectator sport and masturbation. And while, <laughs> and while those things are fine on their own, once you start using them in the same sentence, I kind of have to back out. So that that's yeah. just, that's my own personal feeling because I I think that so much of EDH is like I could do the super cool thing. Let's all sit in a circle and watch me do it uh, for and like twenty minutes. My turn oh, for yeah. twenty minutes. Yeah, I, it's pretty good. My only problem with your analogy is that um, a lot of porn is just chicks masturbating, and I have no problem watching that. Right. I mean, again, you've <laughs> you've named something superior. To- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, what he's trying to say is, how does that compare to, like, nerds sitting around playing cards masturbating? Because that's basically what we're talking about here. And, and by the way, Jeebs, mm-hmm. I just have one question for you to find out for sure where your magic knowledge, or where your gaming is sitting right now as far as magic goes. Uh, have you, have you choked away any Star City Games ter- legacy tournaments lately? Uh, I have not. There have, well, there haven't been any here in a while. Um, oh, that's too you- bad. If you ask me next week, that might be a different answer, because SCG Worcester is this weekend. Oh, okay. okay. But unfortunately, I don't know if I'm going to be able to attend. I really want to. But um, I personally have 18 boxes of Modern Masters coming in tomorrow. Oh, okay. So yeah, I'm, no, I, I need to process well, all that. I don't think I'll have time, sadly, to uh, let me just, get down let there. Let me just set this up for the real quickly, just to give a background for any for, for Tristan and anyone who is new to the show. Uh Jeebs was in a Star City Games tournament, Legacy tournament. You were in the like top eight or something, weren't you? I was. You were like, yeah, you, top eight. And uh, he forgot his trigger on uh, Life from the Loam. Is that right? Um, there were a lot of things that happened. But it was, it was one of the was worst the games of Magic, thing, right? <laughs> like it, you it had was... him locked down, and you missed the trigger on Life from the Loam, and then. It was over, right? Well, it's much? it's not a trigger; it's a replacement effect. But well, it's okay, whatever. You you missed the replacement effect on life. The on hairs life. have been officially split. All right, get yeah. to the point. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, well, again, all of or the majority of my playing outside of EDH, where things are a bit more lax, mm-hmm. uh, is you know it's online, and there wasn't a little pop up that came up asking me <laughs> to select a card that I wanted to dredge. Right. So no, I just I kind know. of instinctively drew a card, and it ended poorly. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. And I would forgive you for that if you hadn't, for like several turns before that, remembered that. But anyway, okay. So, <laughs> so, so I, you know, I had just heard mostly limited player, but y'all, eternal formats only, not no modern or standard for you. So I'll I'll play every format if there's like a GP or an SCG that I want to go to. Um, I prefer limited. 
Well, so I do I do a ton of limited online, um, a lot less than I used to because uh, the new version of Magic Online is absolute garbage, and Amen. I, I want to use it. It's just it doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> it's so bad. But, so okay, okay, but he also has like every paper card pretty much. So he plays pa- this stuff in paper and won't play it on Magic Online. So that's one thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I do, I do prefer Eternal formats. Um, you know, I I play Legacy and Vintage uh, whenever I can, except for apparently this weekend. But and also, even though I do a lot of drafting online just to you know keep the theme of being a cranky old man. Um, like right now, I'm doing Tempest Remastered. Uh, like since version four came out oh, for Magic Online, it's only been like Vintage Masters and Tempest Remastered that I've done. I'm a big fan of the older formats. But are are the population on M- on MTGO interested in Tempest Remastered? Because I I've heard no. it's not as popular as they'd hoped it was going. to it's be. It's really bad. Probably it yeah it's probably not super popular. Like I was actually a, I don't think they should have done this. I was a huge fan of Tempest Sealed. Like I. So I started Magic Online during um, Alara Block, or when it was just Shards of Alara. And at the time, there were Tempest queues, like 24 hours a day, they would fire, or they were available, they wouldn't fire super often. Um, But I would do those all the time, and Tempest Sealed is an awesome format. I really don't think they needed to do anything to try and fix it. I would have much rather they started with, like, Urza's remastered, so that, you know, they could make an Urza set that, one is not completely full of broken cards, and two actually feels like an enchantment set. I, I agree that uh, some kind of Saga Remastered would be very exciting. And the thing that really gets me about MTGO is that they literally have all of the data. Like, there's no, there's not, like, imperfect information about player choices or, or opinions or any of that stuff. Like, they, they have all the information, perfect information. So you'd think, like, if they released something like this, there would be there would be the positive response they're looking for. They shouldn't be able to do wrong. But I agree that it's just like, I, other than being a really shitty wasteland-making machine, I don't understand <laughs> I don't understand the point of this thing existing. No part of it makes sense. Like, the timing-wise is the worst possible time ever with, uh, you know... Oh, what, Masters. two weeks before Modern Masters comes out? Isn't oh, it the yeah, time to the release, worst. like, a, uh, a nostalgia Magic Online only set? <laughs> yeah, like, this is the kind of thing you want to do, like, right before Holiday Cube comes back on MTGO, where... Maybe it's Thanksgiving, maybe we're, like, all sitting around reminiscing of Magic Days of old. Not, like, <laughs> it's the height of summer, and you're and you're pushing your new products. I mean, for years now, the summer has been the haven of the new Magic player with uh, all the core sets being released. And, you know, here we are, Memorial Day weekend, or for those not in the United States, uh, Love America Day version, like, 3.0 <laughs> after Independence Day and Flag Day or whatever. So it's just, it's just re- it's weird timing, and the fact that, like, it isn't it gangbusters of a set is one of those things where it's like, what the, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah, I'd rather have, I'd rather have Saga because it's more fun to play, but I don't know what Legacy and Vintage Online need to be healthy formats. But they do, they have all the goddamn information. Yeah. And I think I, Saga would have been a better choice, I think, in terms of value. Like, this set isn't bad to draft. I don't think it's as fun as regular Tempest Block, it is still fun, but... The problem is it's it's Wasteland or nothing. There are so few cards in this worth anything. Even Wasteland is, you know, half of what it used to be. Everything else isn't worth a goddamn thing. And have, most of the Mythics are terrible, too. Like, there are, there are zero good red cards in all of Tempest Block, it seems. Like, I mean, you have limited bombs like Rolling Earthquake, which, of course, they had to upgrade to Uncommon for this because it was way too good. But, you know, you have Stark of Wrath at Mythic. That's the best they can do between three entire sets. So when you're getting mythics like that, like yeah, the it is actually just a shitty wasteland pumping out machine 
that does not pump out nearly enough to do what they need to for Legacy and Vintage, I'm sure. I mean, have you ever been, been like, seen a set that didn't have 64-man drafts filling? That's pretty weird to me. Usually the 64-man drafts filled up before anything else, it seemed like. Like, I couldn't, like, if you didn't uh, I get have there... Se- I have seen sets where they didn't all fill. It's pretty bad, though, when a set doesn't fill, because that's, I mean, that's the prime, like, drafting opportunities for people. They love that, you know, 64-man drafts are usually filled up hours in advance, it seems like. Right, it's, so, it's, it's I haven't a... run a TGO in years, but I, I remember those being a lot more special. I mean, they, they run them with, like, every release at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, and they're well, only, they're, there's they're only still... a few in a day or whatever, and they, they fill up. Like I said, like hours in advance, usually. Yeah, the 64-man drafts are still intended to be special. They still, you know, have ridiculous EV. The problem is... it's No one wants to play it? Well, the problem is, like, they have all the data, but it's hard to actually make sense of the data, because all they have is... They have all this raw data, but it's hard to find the significance of everything, because, yes, I have seen other sets where the um, the 64-man drafts didn't fill, but never before version 4 came out. So, you know, we have all this data and now it's hard to determine like what is the pro- like what is the product that they're releasing? Like is Tempest Remastered a bad set? Is it because there's nothing, you know, there's no value in it other than Wasteland, so it's kind of a losing proposition to play unless you're winning every draft? Or is it because version 4 is just so bad that people are doing less and less things like, you know, you'll have your people who still play limited, um, but I'm sure a lot more now, you know, unless there's a big limited event people are practicing for. I'm sure a lot more it's just people practicing standard or modern or whatever, you know, format they're preparing for. Well, I think you missed option E, which is all of the above. I mean, I, I think this is, a, <laughs> this is definitely a, a perfect storm of AIDS that people just don't want to play on Magic Online. And, you know, while I don't consider this a, like a legitimate slap in the face, I definitely think that this is the wrong direction to go for their player base, giving them this product at this time. And I'm not going to, you know, stay, sit here and say I have all the answers. I'm just going to be like, this doesn't make any sense, and why would you do this when you're doing this? There's no reason for you to fail. Uh, that's what's so frustrating to me. So there's Yeah, no for reason, sure. There's no reason for a lot of things on Magic Online to fail, though, but they do, because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. <sighs> like, Vintage, well, Vintage Mastered was probably the biggest opportunity they had to make a shit ton of money. And I'm sure they made a ton of money off of it. But it was a huge opportunity not only to make a shit ton of money, but to actually make, like, a healthy vintage community where people could play. Granted, it's not with paper cards, but it's, you know, real events where you could potentially win things and it would be good. And they fucked up every single facet of trying to make vintage online work to the point where, like, at the height of the vintage craze, like, while Vintage Masters was still available... They couldn't get a 16-man daily eventifier. Wow, that's bad. Okay, so off of MTGO, sort of, because there's still an MTGO festival coming up, a modern festival, right? Let's move on to modern and uh, the modern release that's coming up. And I'm I'm curious about this from Jeeves, uh, because you play so much drafting. Mm. What do you think about this set? Like... Looking at this set compared to Modern Masters 1, I personally feel like I, I got Modern Masters 1. I got, you know, the different different archetypes in, in it that were like, you know, there was kind of an affinity, like, domain type thing. There was there was uh, the Rebels. There was, you know, all these different things that seemed pretty obvious. And then some that came along, but for the most part, they were pretty obvious. This one... I'm kind of confused, man. Like, to me, it seems like just a bunch of shit thrown together. What what do you think of it? Well, I haven't seen... Well, I've looked at the whole list. I haven't, like, studied the list for limited purposes or anything. 
Okay. Um, I feel once the set, like once I'm actually opening boxes and the set is physically in my hands, that's going to make a huge difference um, in terms of being able to determine, uh, you know, like, because I, I don't even know what all of the commons are there. I know five color elementals is an archetype. I, I, well, yeah, I know, but Horde of Notions is there. <laughs> um, right, right. So I, like, I know that's an archetype. I don't even know if Smoke Braider's in the set. I don't think I remember seeing it. I don't think so. I know that they, it's, I feel like the commons are garbage, and, and most of the uncommons are pretty garbagey too. But at the same it's time, not... like, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be super clearly defined. Like, for example, in the first Modern Masters, you had some very clear archetypes. But the ones, like, my favorite archetype, and one of the ones I had the most success with, it was this, it was basically, like, Baby Storm. Yeah, um, right. Like I it, knew that was out there, too, yeah. Well, I mean, there were real Storm decks, and people were trying to do that. This, it was basically just, like, you know, turn one, suspend, like, a Baloth or something, or I think, like, the Halberdier was in there, or something like that. Right. Some red card. And, like, you would just set up, like, a couple suspend things. Um, rather than going, like, hardcore on, you know, desperate rituals and manamorphos and all this other nonsense to make, like, one giant, um, you know, empty the warrens. Like, if I could empty the warrens and get six tokens, that's fine. It's a fucking draft. Like, my opponent doesn't have pyroclasm. Fair. Um, Fair. So a lot of the stuff will come from playing. I do think a lot of the archetypes are still pretty obvious, but there's there's cards that feel like they should be there, not only, like, things that needed to be reprinted, but also for like for the sake of having them as you know draftable archetypes but there's also repeating a bunch of crap that i don't understand like other like than like the... and stuff I, because I think that he should be there i mean no i understand doing tarmogoyf i'm just not happy about it quit being a smart ass <laughs> are, you, are you talking about commons and uncommons specifically yeah like i understand that it's like totally adorable that i can draft etched oracle and etched Chan- uh monstrosity in the same deck now but I don't, oh, I don't need yeah. etched oracle and and uh, the manta, the skyreach manta. I don't need that again. Like we, especially because the mana fixing isn't as good as it was last time, really either. I don't, I don't think five color unless you get a lot of, you know, the Ravnica bounce lands is going to be a particularly good archetype. Like we don't need those cards there, and those are slots that could have been filled for something. You know, they have Metalcraft, like Ingot Chewer would have been great for the Elemental deck. It's something that vintage players would love to have another chance to get foils of. Uh-huh. Well, don't you think that if they were... Okay, like like Daybreak Coronet was re-released, right? Don't you think that they should have at least put a couple freaking enchantments in the set to work with Oh, they with did. That? There's, there's a rest. There's... Oh, that work with it. Oh, yeah, uh, work with it. Yeah, right, exactly. Everybody picks on the retarded kid on the schoolyard. <laughs> like, the, the problem is that this set is like 95% home runs. Like, if you had, if you had asked everybody six months mm-hmm. ago like what they wanted to be in modern masters 2 you would have gotten 95 percent of the goddamn list like yeah there's gonna be losers all the time but i think that this set is is so much better than the last one i think that the you're not as much really? limited oh yeah the you know, okay. my only problem is the reason the the uh, you know the the trade-off of it being as good as it is is that we're not talking about the we're not comparing it to the old one and then talking about the price inflation like if anything it should be as good plus you know 40 percent more or thirty percent more, or whatever, and that, and that's where I'm like, eh, I'm not a, I'm not hundred percent sure it's there. But if you okay. if you had asked for mythics and rares that you wanted to be printed, and commons and uncommons, fuck aside, like you can count on two hands at most the cards you really need at that rarity to be printed to to make things happen. That's uh, fair. And, 
And again, like, we all bitch and moan about those endlessly already, where it's like, I need my serum visions or my deck will just not be good, and that's the only thing that matters to me, when it's like, come on, man, you, if you'd sat there and been like, people fucking love Eldrazi, people fucking love Karn, like, <laughs> we got Goyf again, like, oh no, Bob isn't as good as he was two years ago, I don't want that garbage anymore, it's only a $40 card or whatever. Well, still having uncommons that are worth a couple bucks, though, does increase the value of a set. So if you have, I mean, like, even paths, kitchen things, things like that, people, things people use can be traded away or whatever. But when you don't have anything that's tradable at uncommon in here, that kind of, like, devalues the set overall, I feel like. If right. I, I was also, I was also uh, talking strictly about limited. Like, in terms of the rares and mythics, uh, Comet Storm aside... The Mythics are definitely all home runs. I really would have preferred to see Dragon Master Outcast as the other Red Mythic, um, and then I think they all would have been home runs. The rares are really good as well. Like the the good rares are better than last time, but then like the middle of the road rares are worse than last time. Um, so that like the rares kind of even out. The Mythics, it's you know huge home run though. Well, yeah, but last but, time we had Mythics that literally were worthless, right? The the yeah. the dragons were a Mythic, weren't they? Oh yeah, Man, we had we no had no one's ever going to play those ever. So. Well, Kakusho, but yeah, no, well, we had right. we had a bunch of worthless mythics last time. Whereas this time, it's you know, fourteen out of fifteen mythics are worth more than the price of the pack, or at least were. That's fair. When they were spoiled, and, that, and that's even with the ten dollar price tag. So that to right. me, that that's already huge. I, I think you can see a lot of writing on the wall that the, the set was crafted for all those answers. I mean, as it stands right now, accessibility is a lot, a lot higher than the last time around for this uh, for Modern Masters. I feel like. Is it? Wow. Oh yeah. I thought they. So, I thought their initial print r- run or the initial like what they were giving the stores initially was lower than it was last time. Am I wrong about that? It. it um. You know, I, on the onset, I felt like that was the case, but okay. From from a handful of LGSs that I have talked to up and down the Bay Area where I'm at, and even looking at you know online opportunities to buy, you're so much closer to MSRP and possibly even a little bit under. As we're in 2013, you were nowhere fucking near MSRP. The week oh, absolutely. before leading up to the set. Uh, and yeah, the price tag is higher. And I think in, in some ways, uh, you know, Wizards kind of took some of that profit. They were like, you know what? We're going to f- make a fucking better dollar this right. time. Everybody knows that as much as we said sell them for seven each and what their their box cost was, they just kind of pushed up on that end. But, you know, just like the fact that a ma- there was a mass drop for it. Like, and there was like 300 units on a mass drop this week. You would have, in 2013, you would have never fucking seen that. So, I, I think there's, there's a lot more of this product that's going to be out there already, and I think that's better for it. The draft isn't as handheld. I think that that's great for that format. I think there's a lot more rabbit holes to go down there. I, again, I have no reason to complain about this set at all, uh, other than the fact that it's fucking $30 to like draft at FM with zero price. <laughs> so, right. Everyone, Everyone's just gonna fucking rare draft. You're like, why did I even bother doing this? I'd rather, I'd rather like draft uh, cons or dragons and then like have the prize support be Modern Masters packs because it's, it's. I mean, what are you? You're beating up kids for nothing when they're like, I already opened two mythics. Sweet, I'm out. Uh, right, exactly. That's what's good and bad about MTGO because you have, you have a cheap like it's like what seven, seven bucks a pack or something like that on MTGO. So the the yeah. drafts are cheaper. But then you still can't cash them out, so who cares, right? Yeah, it's just, I mean, right. You can't redeem the sets and like MTGO. It doesn't matter. Yeah, get the cards. Right. And even the cards that are worth money aren't worth nearly what they are. You no. know, and, and that was Goyf's that really hurt last still time. on there, isn't it? Was like it? it's still Goyf is still pretty well, high. Yeah, on there. I mean, yeah, some a couple of the mythics are still going to be super expensive, but right. Well, I mean, there is there has been cases where cards are more expensive online, like uh, what that one counter spell I think or something like Force that was. 
wasn't Force of Will on there at one time higher on Magic Online than it was in... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's rare, but it does happen. But I will say, I think, I don't know, the price point on this is very interesting, and I actually I don't have a lot of complaints about the set, otherwise I wouldn't have bought 18 boxes for myself. That would have <laughs> Are been... You a- serious? You're insane, dude. I mean, that's cool. Don't get well, me wrong. Well, like, my store didn't want to get the entire allocation. So I, you were, well, you're I, like, well, I take wanted us to get the entire allocation, but my my boss and I are kind of having disagreements about what we should be doing with Magic, and I'm not happy about it. But uh, um, but yeah, I'm like, well, I'll, I will buy the rest of the allocation. Give this to me now. Um, so mm-hmm. but so other than the lack of you know expensive uncommons, I'm I don't have any complaints about the set. But I think the prices right now are really interesting because there's I think there is a perceived abundance of this set that isn't it's going to turn out doesn't actually exist you know everyone has their anecdotal evidence of like oh every store in the world is getting you know like double what their order was last time that's not true at all last time this is basically the switch between from the vault dragons to every other from the vault from the vault dragons was a giant clusterfuck because wizards gave them all to the distributors and said i'm sure we can trust you nothing will go wrong and of course you can't you know you can't trust the distributors to you know do anything in a fair manner so you had you know stores getting four of them and then stores getting 80 whereas you know this time the allocations are handed out by wizards if you are a you know a gateway store you get this many boxes if you were an advanced store you get this many if you were advanced plus you get this many and that's all there is you know if I like we're advanced we're not advanced plus but if we were advanced plus we would be getting the same allocation for our store that star city is and yes you can get you know you can pick up some more from distributors but the distributors outside of wizards are being given very very little extra to work with so well like our allocation was slightly larger than it was last year but another store uh local store i know who is also an advanced store um you know, his went from 90 boxes last time to 24, and, you know, Star City will go from, I don't even know, a fucking million boxes to 72 or something. <laughs> so, I think, like, ev- people seem to have this assumption that there's going to be triple the print run, and that there's going to be, you know, just multiple printings of this, and it's going to be available forever. I think people are going to face a harsh reality in a couple weeks, and it's going to hit them very suddenly. I don't think we're going to see the huge bounce backs that we saw uh, with the first Modern Masters, but I think I think it's going to be, even though it's less rare than it was last time, I still think it's significantly rarer than everyone thinks it is, and they're not going to be very happy when they found that find that out. Well, it's well, interesting. This is one of the few sets where I, I think the goal isn't to get it to play with it. The goal is to suppress prices across the board. Because, as I mentioned before, with, with $30 F&M drafts that are just to open your rares jerk-off session, no one's going to want to do that week after week after week just to get their hands on this limited product. Um, people are expecting that, you know, you're, you're, these these three Grand Prix where fucking 30,000 people's worth of sealed packs are going to be open, plus all the side events, plus all this stuff. Like, it's going to be enough to to start to, to press prices on the cards in the set so that, you know, you, you want to build a modern deck a month from now. Oh, look, Modern Masters 2 came out. The prices on the cards I want to buy are cheaper. I can do that. Not like, oh, I, well, now I can go get a box at retail. Now I'll be set. Uh, I don't think anyone wants to do the, that footwork, and I don't think anyone thinks that that's the answer to their, their problems for playing a constructor format. And, and we'll see. I, I think that 
there will be more out of there in, in, in my perspective, and I don't know how much is going to suppress prices, but if the same thing happens that did in 2013, if this is such a huge boon for magic, uh, overall, more people are going to be interested, you know, friends of friends of friends are going to want to go to this thing because of how hyped they're heard on these things and want to play with, play the game, that all you're really doing is increasing demand past what supply is going to be increased. So we, we all have this false assumption that, uh, oh, there's, there's more out there. It's going to suppress prices when really it's, we created a bunch more magic players and now are fighting for the same cards that you need to build a deck. Right. I and think logic, well, logically, I mean, honestly, wouldn't it be that some cards are just like every other thing that is reprinted? Some cards will go down. Some cards will stay the same. And occasionally they'll go up a little bit as like the popularity increases in the format or whatever. But like, uh, I could see some of the rares going down in price. I, I don't see why Daybreak Coronet would stay where it's at if a bunch more are flooded in. Even if it's only through Modern Masters, it's going to bring it down a little bit. But a Mythic, why? I mean, those are still not. There's still not that many Mythics that are going to be out there. And if there's increase in demand, then it's not going to change the price a lot. Mythics should stay somewhat stable, I would think. It's yeah, going to depend. I, well, I think, and like uh, Tristan did touch on this, I think the big x factor even more so than the supply like even though i think the supply is less than people think it is the real x factor is how many people were waiting for this set to come out to get into modern because the first modern masters there were a lot of people you know they announced modern and shockland spiked to 40 dollars, and people just dismissed the format and then when modern masters came out a lot of people were waiting for that and you know here we are two years later those people aren't waiting anymore you know they may be waiting to get like some tarmogoyf so they have more deck options or something but they they've had access to the format but we have been acquiring all these new players every year and they may have been waiting for this set and that I, like that's i think going to be the big thing is how many people were waiting for this set to get into modern and i i don't think it's nearly what it was last time but we don't know either um and i think that's really going to be the deciding factor in terms of what happens with the prices and unfortunately there's no way for us to answer that right now either I think a good a good way to look at it and the best evidence that we can have by being not inside the system is, uh, you know, recently Mero was talking about how they just celebrated their sixth straight year of growth from the release of Magic 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's really helped player growth, uh, active player growth, you know, tournament attendance, uh, whatever kind of probes they put out there to get a census for the player base is events like com- coming up on Vegas and uh, how what a big draw that is and what kind of attention that's going to get for people to get excited about the game. And it's the ultimate you know word-of-mouth scenario, as I see it, because everyone at their FNM is going to talk about how great this thing is. They're going to go home and talk to their roommates, talk to their friends at school, talk to everyone telling about how you know, this spectacular thing is happening for this game they love, and that's going to draw more and more people in. And I wouldn't be surprised if this set release and this summer with Magic uh, and Origins is going to easily cement another year of growth for this game and create more demand than we've ever seen before for everything creating growth doesn't seem to be a big problem for them uh anymore like since since uh m10 and zendikar they have been doing a fantastic job of acquiring new players well vegas Vegas and things like that just increase that though because you you gain i mean they get they get out of this little niche that they're in and the spotlight goes everywhere i mean there's there's articles out there about magic on sites that don't have anything to do with magic that gets more you know more draws more people in and makes them think oh wow you know this isn't a bunch of like basement dwelling nerds like i thought it was this is people that are actually having a tournament in vegas right where thousands of people come you know record-breaking numbers of people and i i think it's just it takes a little bit of the stigma away from magic card players 
if that makes any sense, when, when more and more people are out there in large groups. And, you know, look look when you have, like, heavy metal and, and the crew out there, and they're going around everywhere. It's not like they're going around and partying and not telling people what they're there for. Right. They're like, oh, man, I mean, I'm, I'm in town for a magic tournament. And then people are like, magic. What, what the hell is that? And even through word of mouth, they end up spreading it. So it's I, I think it increases beyond just what Wizards try tried the past few years. I think Vegas and Modern Masters is something a little special. It is. And it's only going to get more special with the uh, with like the, the film becoming a reality God, I hope that's not well, horrible, though. Oh, Jesus. It doesn't matter what it is. I mean, like, you got to remember that we're not... We, the three of us are not going to be the target audience for for that. Fair, um, but, I mean, Dungeons & Dragons made a movie, and that was one of the worst things ever. So I can't imagine that drew a whole lot of people into playing Dungeons & Dragons. But all it did was make people who exist outside of the, the, the magician world talk about this thing that we love and that's fair. all that really fucking matters yeah it's almost better right. if it's just a giant abortion and more people <laughs> talk like if this movie goes and you know fucking like makes 10 million dollars no one's gonna fucking care like you really you want it to go further than that well uh, yeah you, that's that's what i'm saying like you want yeah. you want avengers you don't want fucking like uh, you know, I don't even know. Random uh, speed racer or some shit. There but you like, go. Yeah, but like people talk about that movie. Like they. That's they, fair. That's fair. I think that's that's good. That's gonna be good for the game. Like I, I in the last calendar year, I sold a set of power to buy my wife a car, and I kept pleading with her. I was like, "Can we just wait until the movie comes out? Like, cars are gonna be worth <laughs> so much more." When like all of a sudden there's gonna be the fucking Horace Wagner or whatever of magic is going to be these things, and people all, all over the world are eventually going to know, like, Black Lotus is this thing that is That's so fair and hard to come by. And Well, Tangent, I will that? say, though, because um, yeah. you, ta- like, you talked about Vegas and, you know, how we'll, like, you know, show people that it's not just basement dwelling nerds and stuff. I think, like, we're all roughly the same age. I think one of the things that we don't really think about because you know, we're older and it was different when we grew up. Is that stigma around this type of stuff doesn't really exist anymore for kids? It's not It's not the same, but it's not that it doesn't exist. I mean, it's not like I don't know any teenagers. And there's, there's those that think it's cool and would do this, and then there's those that are totally not into it. I'm just saying it, it makes it more, I hate to say this, but it makes it a little more mainstream. Instead of it just being a fun game that some people play, it's like a game where, like, oh, man, you know, they have tournaments in Vegas. That's sweet. Everything cool is cool in Vegas. Oh, everyone loves Vegas. Right. And it's, so a you like, get... it's a lot like card counting. Like, once it gets a Hollywood movie, it's fashionable. It's no longer right. guys yeah. with fucking pocket protectors and glasses playing between different physics courses or whatever. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, that. that is very real. I mean, yeah, it's gonna draw. To me, it's gonna draw the right attention. But any attention is good attention as long as it's not that That's fucking true. Revenge of the Nerds style shit. Like, <laughs> but again, like people, like kids nowadays, like not even kids. Fucking everyone under thirty doesn't know what the fuck that movie is anyway. So no, it's like it's a, it's a completely new world. I mean, it is. It is. Are you going to Vegas? Just out of curiosity, I I will be there. Uh, okay. I'll be there for what feels like the long haul. Uh, yeah. I, however, will not be participating in the tournament. Or really going to the hall at all because I am not friendly with the tournament organizer as it were. Are you are, are you going to the to the to the SVU houses? I will be there. I was <laughs> in the, the initial round of people that got in. Uh, nice. 
I fear no pantsless, Kevin. I fear I fear nothing. No. Yeah, I good. Look forward to the cooking and the and the cubing. That's really you could have just taken me anywhere and we could have cubed for five days and I would have been happy. So the fact that <laughs> as long as people aren't throwing up on your cube cards, right? Because right. I heard that happen. That's what I I think. We have a time and a place for that. People can do what the fuck they want. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to sound like an old curmudgeon, but it's like that's that's where I draw the line. No, oh, absolutely. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't make you sound old, man. People throw up on my shit. It's like, dude, aim it the other way. I mean, come on now. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll be there for sure. Neither of you guys, I assume, from your tone. I've been trying to find like a a cheap fare, last minute fare or something, but I don't think it's going to happen. And if I did, then I don't care how many people are in the houses. I'm still going to crash at one of them. So <laughs> that doesn't matter to me. Well, I'll sleep like, on the friggin' hood like of my car three. or something. Yeah, there's like yeah, three no, thousand of this yeah. I I wouldn't be too afraid of being shit out of luck for floor. I space. I'm not too worried. I mean, honestly, first of all, how many people are even going to make it to a bed? Right? People will probably just crash on the floor wherever they happen to be standing at the time. So it's really not a big deal to me. Um, I I just mostly it would be cool to go to see people. I wouldn't even play. I just kind of want to be able to hang out with some bros. But you know, as far as getting to the actual event, that doesn't concern me a whole lot. Which is another great draw for this event, I feel like, is that, you know, as much as I said in 2013 that it was really like the magic Woodstock for people, I think that this time around it's it's even magnified to the point where it's like the main event doesn't matter and tournament organizers and Wizards of the Coast know that the main event isn't the draw, so they're trying to accommodate every level of interest and every different type of interest uh, where, you know, this that's kind of new territory for something like a Grand Prix. And I really think that that's the direction that Magic is going to go in general with these kind of events. Like, when I when I think about a, a future health of a Grand Prix, it's not like, oh, make the purse bigger. Grand Prix are going to quickly be turned into Magic conventions. And I'm actually surprised it's taken as long to get close to that as it would be right now. I think that uh, I've, I've definitely talked to tournament organizers that 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 is the goal. Um, it's just you can't right now, you can't charge a gate fee to get into a Grand Prix as much as you want to try to offer people stuff that you're not currently offering them. So in the interim, this, this is the, this is the kind of thing you, you organize a bunch of guys, you show up adjacent to where the event's going on. You have a good time. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, it's about community at that point. Right. So, I mean, really like people love the game, but they love the people that they get to know in the game more in the end. I mean, they're people that you may or may not be friends with if you ever decide to leave the game. And so it's cool to be able to hang out with them and, and, you know, hang out with people that you, maybe you're not surrounded like me where I'm at right now. I know very few people that actually play magic. So most of my like magic playing friends, people that I share that with are out there on the internet. And the only time you can see them is by getting together at one of these events. So yeah, that's, that's for more people than, uh, that I think that we hear from often. I think that that's, that case is true for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think, I think a huge amount. And you hear even sometimes when people are like guests on one of these podcasts or on Twitter or whatever, and they're just so hyped because they don't get to hang out with these guys and they finally get to meet them. And it's just pretty cool. I mean, it's like meeting like a, family member that you haven't seen for a long time or something it's it's a it's a good thing have you played league of legends and i've never played it okay well the league of legends community is completely opposite of the magic community i don't ever see like huge groups of like twitter followers there's very few like podcasts or not the community is just they're just harsh to each other they're just total assholes 
And there are those that will help you and work with you and everything. But overall, I mean, I think the the community in League of Legends is far more toxic than in Oh, than it, in, uh, it is Magic. like one of the worst communities ever. Yeah. I think so, uh, the, like the most galvanizing force I have ever seen in the League of Legends community is everyone uniting in their hatred of Norbert. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I... I would get started with that on here, but I didn't know if you you wanted to bring it up. I'm sure TSG has no interest at all in talking about Norbs, but after the no, show, I, was, I just wanted to make a joke at his expense. We don't, you know, it doesn't have to be a big discussion. <laughs> oh, I'm just curious. I want to hear why, like after the show, what the hell it is that the deal is. But anyway, so um, yeah. So speaking of you know toxic people and everything, or at least toxic situations, is any. Did you guys want to comment at all on the community reaction to the convicted sex offender? I don't know if that was something you guys wanted to talk about. It's something that was asked of us. And I've already pretty much put my opinion out there on that imps prison also. So, and I, rather than, you know, go off for 20 minutes on it again, I thought I would give you guys a chance to say anything if you had anything. I mean, I could definitely say not nothing, but I definitely don't feel like I'm qualified to say a whole lot, which I think is a discretion <laughs> that a lot of other people that want to run their mouths aren't bothering to use. Right. Uh, well, no, I mean, none of us are qualified to say, like, no one in the community is really qualified to say anything, so let's do it anyway, because everyone else is going to. Well, that's the point of the show, is giving opinions that are controversial. That way, you can pretend like you're better than everyone else. I just, okay, I just like, not the, the way... The way it's presented, especially from even Drew himself, is like this is the only bad person to ever walk into a Grand Prix. And then people saw that person, probably didn't even know what the fuck was going on, but then was told by somebody else that they're just the, one of the most worthless people on the planet shoved <laughs> down their throat. And then it was like, oh, we should all have opinions about it. I mean, to me, yeah. like when I go to play Magic, I don't want to know what someone's past was. <laughs> I don't really care, because it's not going to affect how many cards they draw in their opening hand. Like right. it doesn't. It's not like, oh, you're a sex offender? You start with five. That's how <laughs> this game works now. Like, I'm glad we all know that. It's all out in the open. Like, That's fair. Okay, well, so do you... You, you have you read anything on it? Do you know all the 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 topic that's going on with that the situation? Well, I'll, I'll guess. definitely let you in on a little secret here, which is I don't read shit. Uh, <laughs> Perfect, that's good. Uh, um, I just do a lot of stuff because I'm so ADD, but I definitely don't read anything. Okay, well, just so that the anyone who's listening and the the five people that are listening to this that haven't heard it about it somewhere else. Um, a guy was at a tournament. He made well, top eight, I believe. This was was this a Grand Prix, Jeeves? Do you know? Yeah, it was. It was top eight of a Grand Prix okay. uh, about two weeks ago. Atlantic okay. City, one of the classiest <laughs> places to begin with. There you go. There you go. So he made top eight. Um, he is a convicted uh-huh. sex offender, but he's convicted. He's a convicted alleged, rapist. No, convicted yeah. sexual. No, oh. you're wrong. He pled down to a lesser charge of sexual assault. So the only thing he was convicted of was sexual assault. But the initial charge was rape. So it was it was just a matter of pleading down. It wasn't that he didn't rape the girl. It was the fact that he pled down to a lesser charge. And he pretty much on Reddit he goes into his. This is, you know, what I've been doing to make things better. Here's an article that says what happened, more or less. And, you know, he goes on to say, this is what I've done for the community since then. This is what I've done for myself since then. And I'm married and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just trying to move on with my life. And you can do what you want with that information. And then, but but the thing is, uh, it was Drew. Is that right? Yeah. Drew Levin uh, had 
found out this information, put it out, put like put this guy on blast and basically pointed out for the general public that this guy is a rapist and that he shouldn't be at our our events or whatever. And so it's kind of this thing of you're either uh, supporting Drew in making people aware. Well, hold of, on, I need to, I do need to correct you on something. Okay. He did not say that this person should not be at events. Okay, no, sorry. He kept saying over he's and over again he's not aware. what he said. Yes. And that's the thing that I don't understand. He's not like, what he says he is? Is that what you said? No, he said? people kept say, saying, as you just I said. I didn't read he, Drew's side of it. I just well, heard that. I've read everything else. Right, but. that's fine. But the thing is, like, he wasn't saying that this person shouldn't be allowed at tournaments. And even if he was, because he doesn't make the decision, like, mm-hmm. no tournament organizer or and Wizards of the Coast, they would never make that decision. That's not going to happen. So, like, um, we're left... No, that's, not that's, with not with the way things are. I, I, in my personal opinion, like, I'm trying to walk down the the middle of the road here, right? Like, I don't, I don't want to see either side of the spectrum, and that's what I said on on the podcast that I was on. Like, I, I'm trying to be like realistically, I don't want anything to do with the guy, and I understand people not wanting anything to do with the guy, but no one can do anything about it, even if they wanted to. Like, unless they start doing background checks on everyone, none of this stuff matters. Right, and again, the, like there is zero percent chance that wizards uh, would ever, you know, try and ban someone for criminal records or anything. But here's the thing, and this is the part that I that kind of confuses me. Like there, there are people saying that everyone has a right to know this about this guy, and that's true. They do have a right to know, and it's a matter of public record. If anyone wants to know, they can find out, and it's very easy to do. But then there's also people saying everyone should know. And that's the people like Drew who were forcing it down everyone's throat and making sure everyone knew this about this person. But my question is, who the fuck does that help? Like, let's say... Who, does, who does knowing help? Yeah, like, let's say... Gossipers? I, well, right. Like, let's say <laughs> I'm... At, I know you like to say this. Let's say I'm a 12-year-old girl. Right. And I'm at a tournament and I get paired against this guy. Mm-hmm. And I do nothing about this. And I'm like, all right, I'm just playing magic against some opponent. And then someone walks over and is like, oh, by the way, you know, he raped a girl. Is that supposed to make me feel better? I Like, I don't get repaired because I'm a girl playing against a rapist. That's not how it works. So, who like, who is who benefits from making sure, like, going out of your way to make sure everyone knows this about this person? Gossipers. Okay. But also, also, here, here's the thing. I understand the other side of it, too, in the sense that, this community is, and much of the world in general, but this community is particularly bad at being, like, overrun with extreme sexism, okay? And I understand that that makes things really uncomfortable for women and that, therefore, when they hear that there's a guy there that's that's this way, but along at the same time, on the other side of things, there's been shitloads of people that have done stuff. There's been rapists and pedophiles and who knows, maybe a murderer or two, and you're never going to friggin' know, because it's not like they go around with a sign that says, hello, I'm a pedophile. I mean, seriously, who's who's doing this stuff? No one's going to go around and say this stuff, and and unless people check the names of every thousand people at the Grand Prix, then they're not going to know. So none of this really matters, because they're not going to do background checks on everyone walking through the door. I could see them at some point in time, if they were really worried about their image, that you couldn't be on the pro tour without going through a background thing, I could see that that at least being a discussion. But the discussion of doing background checks on every single one of your players, right? I mean, first of all, they can't, they couldn't afford to do that anyway. 
But it's just, yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. Well, this isn't so. even a background check. This is, like, literally typing the person's name into Google, and it's one of the first things the, that comes but up, But you're I talking guess. about sexual assault, because now th- they're bringing up the whole banning felons thing, right? This is this is what the community in general is. Unless that felon is named uh, Patrick Chapin. I mean, it, all, it also makes it sound like Magic players have no no faith in the justice system, where it's like, this guy did something 12 years ago that he may or may not have paid for in the eyes of America, but fuck if he's going to be allowed to pay to play a card game that would love his business. <laughs> right. Right. Well, yeah. And that's, that's yeah. the other thing too. Like, um, you know, we you don't do whatever stop we... being a rapist though, dude. Once, once you cross <laughs> the line of being a rapist, right. you're always a rapist. That's just the way it is. doesn't mean you can't try and move on with your life and do other things, but you're, you're never going to not be a rapist. All right. Oh, there's that. There's also, uh... I'm not saying you're going to keep raping people forever, but <laughs> you don't, you don't get to lose the tag of rapist. That's it's just not... like saying, it's kind of like saying I got a 1600 on my SAT score. So for the right, rest right. of my life, I will have gotten a 1600 on SAT score. Could I do it again tomorrow? I don't think so, but I can try, I guess. Yeah, yeah except for, there's, look, the, like I, the, there is three things, three things, murder, rape, pedophilia, that are like the big three, the big, the big things that you just don't do. Okay. And, and when you cross those lines, you don't get to come back from that. You don't get to not be a rapist or a murderer. That doesn't change. That's fine. We just need to make that delineation. Because I, I think that these people weren't making that delineation. They were saying, No, I okay, agree with you. Some sexual assault means this to me, and it should mean this to the game and the people involved. And you don't know if it should, because it is again, and in, in the, it's not like, it's not like he broke out of jail to play in a magic tournament. In some ways, he's considered to have served his time. It was a long time no, ago. I, yeah, I understand that. For, All right, served the right. And that's how, sentence. that's how America, like, I kind of disagree that he's, I don't understand how his sentence was exactly, you know, decided upon or fair, but that's a it separate stupid, issue. Like, yeah. that's, you know, that's how America works. Like, he was convicted and he went to jail and now, that's he a is legal allowed system into society, issue, though, right? So that just means right. No, that, yeah, we're not trying to argument. fix the legal system here. This right. is just a magic podcast. But like, you know, he he gets to go live his life now. Like, but that doesn't mean you. You understand that once you do certain things, it doesn't. You don't ever get to live life the same, right? Like, there's certain things you can do, and you'll be fine, and you'll get over. But if you even if you have just a regular felony of of you know not quite as insane of uh, of a thing of a crime. You, you still, that follows you. When it gets worse, then something more follows you. Why should that not be the case? Most of us, most of us live our lives without ever murdering someone, without ever raping someone, and without ever molesting little kids. Most of us are able to do that. To bring it back to something hopefully useful for the game of Magic <laughs> Gathering, in your mind then, where is the line? Where, where are people that we as a community of gamers should tolerate, and where should we not be tolerating them? Those three, I don't, th- I mean, look, I think you don't have a choice, like I said, but in your, like, personally, like, when do I think that you're going to have, like, the stigma attached to what you're doing? I think if you're, you've done one of those three things, you're never going to get away from it. And that's something, once you cross that line, you need to know it. I mean, you can't rape someone and think, you know what, in a few years, it's going to be okay, right? And you can't also be like, be like, oh, you know what, I know where that guy was coming from. I know where that guy was coming from when he raped that girl. I know where that guy was coming from. If you do that, then you're really not making yourself any better. Like, there are things you can do and you can understand 
and you can accept and accept the person can change. But then there are some things that that guy's just always going to have done that. Okay, it it's just one of these things. These people out there, they once they commit a crime that's so grievous that this girl has to live her entire life thinking about this stuff. Well, that's the thing. Like, they're never going to get away from it. So why should these people, why should they ever, I would think I was a piece of shit forever if I had done something like that. So I think there's big three. And then honestly, you know, there's other felonies that are just not the same. Uh, malicious mischief is a, is a felony, right? You can destroy someone's property, and if it's a certain value, that's a felony. Well, should that person never be allowed to do anything? No. I'm not saying any of these people can be stopped from doing anything. I'm just saying I understand I understand why you don't want to be around certain people because they've just done something so horrible that it feels like they can never, in your eyes, they can never get away from it. But other things are just shit i mean because you can say i made a mistake for a lot of things but saying i made a mistake i raped this girl that's i i just don't buy that right like there's there's certain shit you can do but i, I made a mistake comes, i think what it comes down to though which is probably the most important thing for people to realize is that this isn't a private club like yes, yeah, you're it's, going... it's my personal club right yeah so you like yes you're going to you know you're going to events and you're paying money and you're hanging out with all your friends and for, you know, for most people, it's a very personal experience in, you know, whatever way. But you're still, this is still a public venue. You know, it is yeah, what it I is. Know, before, right. Like, you know. Well, like, a, yeah, again, that's where the, that's where the community is overreacting in a way that makes no sense. Because there's nothing you can do about it, right? Like, complain and bitch all you want. But if you don't want to be around these people, you're just going to have to not go. Because they're going to be there and you're not going to know. And there's no way that can be changed. And I will say, like, the productive thing that they could have done and focused on is not featuring these people on coverage. Right. If, you know, if it is very easy to, like, Google someone's name and discover, you know, this awful stuff, like, maybe we don't want to have them. And, <laughs> but, you know, when you get to the finals of a tournament, then it becomes more difficult. You're not just going to have, like, a blackout for the finals. You're obviously going to show it. But, you know, if it's, like, round seven and there's multiple XO tables, you just don't show them. But then and again, at the same time, you know, since... Uh, in a couple months, we have FTV Angels coming out. Clearly, Wizards doesn't understand how Google works. Yes, I am familiar with that one. <laughs> Tangent clearly is not. I don't yeah. know. FTV Angels, if you put it into Google, um, I think less so now since so many people are talking about the magic thing. Um, it like it was just pages and pages of porn. Oh, because that's okay. the thing, and like it's something like on the Quiet Speculation forums, it had been talked about years ago. Like, well, I guess they're never doing From the Vault Angels because you can't Google it without seeing tons and tons of porn. That makes sense. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but no, they did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not specifically that, but yes, right. And they sense. don't specifically make magic cards look like dicks, but you know, whatever. <laughs> We're not, we didn't even bother to talk about the uh, August F and M promo. What? Oh, I know. Oh, man. Oh visions? my god. <laughs> That is the worst artwork I think I have ever seen on a card. Like that is. I mean, I'm, I just have to ask Dan Scott when I see him. Like, did you did this on purpose, right? Like, right. You, just, <laughs> you don't want to work for them again, and this is the way you're telling them. Like, yeah, right, right. You tried to pull a Little Mermaid on them. Is that what's going on here? Because it's pretty bad. God, I had to pull up the card again. That is so ridiculous looking. <laughs> yeah, I don't really. I'm never gonna really understand how that happened. But hey, whatever. A lot of 12-year-old boys play Magic, and they get a pay off <laughs> in August. You can't complain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We managed well, to drag that topic right through the mud, just like everybody else, and I think we, we did it justice. I, I, I think it's summation. This particular topic, 
a lot of men who are ill-equipped to answer it were trying to, and I think that that was already wrong. And right. it's not my place to determine whether someone like that can play magic. I definitely think that life after a crime couldn't involve positive hobbies. I think that people have no fucking idea how many convicts buy magic cards. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. It's really popular. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not something Wizards is going to tell you about, but it happens a lot. I, I've I've seen it firsthand and been, um, I wouldn't say amused by it, but I've definitely seen a lot of handwritten letters requesting a lot of very cheap cards. He uh, said firsthand, so what he means is when he was behind bars, he was playing Magic. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> These guys, they were, they were all very polite. Uh, everyone that, that played there. They all had very yeah. inexpensive collections, just in case you were to lose it over some kind of unfortunate event, I would imagine. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm sure, yeah, I'm I, sure well, that the games of Drop the Soap were also quite amazing. <laughs> but. No, I mean, I, I had wrote an entire article about this. Like At the store, we used to get, like pretty frequently, we would get mail from Sing Sing, mm-hmm. where people would say, here's a list of cards I want, tell me how much Seriously? they are. Hilarious. I don't yeah. understand how they can afford it, because everything there... Is insanely expensive, so I think well, they they're not allowed broke. to get them anymore anyway. Like oh, it, really? it, it went on for about a year and a half or so, and then all of a sudden, like everything got shipped back to us. Like for what? Why they were like making a chain out of like magic cards to climb over the fence or something? Uh, what uh, what was that all I about? Have, I have no idea what the rules. <laughs> what the canon, and it wasn't like sealed boosters either. It was like individual cards. So I don't know if I mean there's you can cut people with cards pretty easily if that's your goal. I think there yeah. are easier ways to go about it, but I would hope so. But yeah, no, yeah. we would we would get them all the time, and then it stopped. But it is definitely a thing that happens a lot. Does anyone know this? Uh, the community suggestion there was uh, is, is it Zeke Alakaya? Uh, well, we'll pretend that it's Zeke Town. Apparently on uh, Twitter, said, "Can we talk about the backroom politics for getting vendors at large events and how delicate it can be?" Um, go, because I don't know what the hell he's talking about. So. Uh, I, I mean, I, I imagine if if it was me being on this show it would be in reference to the fact that a tournament organizer, uh, you know, controls the room for a Grand Prix that they are running and thusly has control over, um, you know, who can be in attendance, uh, what it costs to have a vendor booth there, what vendors have a booth there. And there's a lot of awkward politics there because not every single online retailer uh, is a tournament organizer, so it's not exactly a level playing field. Uh, you know, some favoritism is performed. Some favors are made, and uh, not, not <laughs> some hand jobs are given. I get it. Yeah, that's uh, cool. very expensive hand jobs. I mean, I, <laughs> I could tell you that each vendor in Las Vegas, you know, to get a six foot table that's considered to be a a, a buy and sell booth, cost uh, each of those websites twelve grand. Wow, so are you kidding me? No, that's I'm insane. Not Holy not shit, that's yeah, how that, can you I make mean, profit sure is, on that? I mean, seriously, that seems well, insane. Once, once you understand that you can make profit on it, you just understand how much fucking money is going to be made and spent in that next weekend. Yeah. It's, it's going to be uh, ridiculous. I That's mean, ter- the tournament organizer for Modern Masters 1 in 2013, that guy pocketed six figures of profit just from running that event. Wow. Oh, the, yeah, the organizers make a shit ton. That's well, I knew that, but like I, f- I mean, stores buying and selling cards. Oh, I, that like is un, that is an unreal amount. Like that is how much a booth at fucking like San Diego Comic Con costs. That's crazy. Well, this this is Magic the Gathering's equivalent of that if you think about right. it. Nothing's yeah. gonna be bigger for. It, I mean, it plus, is, but the attendance is not comparable. Well, it's a thing. Yeah. 
fair, fair. I guess that makes sense because even if you like, you get eight thousand people running through there or whatever. It's like, well, how many of these eight thousand people aren't already shopping shopping at Star City Games or whatever? Oh, you it's know? not about it's. I mean, that, that's the other really great lesson you can take away from this is that when it comes to an event like a Grand Prix, as a vendor. Your goal is not to sell anything. That's what your website is for. Your Goodbye. goal is to be, yeah, is you, I mean, right. if you, from a website's perspective, and, and again, I don't know exactly who your audience is, so I don't know if I'm preaching the choir or not, but you know, <laughs> you, you want to sell stuff on your website and you want to go around the entire globe like a Hoover and get everything you can sucked back up, back into your website to redistribute it over and over and over and over again. Because people want to pay for their trips. People want to, you know, have cash in hand and people, you know, don't want to deal with everything that is online buy listing. So, you know, when you're right in front of them, you can, and, and Star City Games, obviously, they've got the market cornered on being able to buy and sell shit for whatever they tell you it's worth. Like, you can buy stuff for a, a tenth of what it's worth. I mean, yeah, every time that someone walks away being like, oh, I sold my bulk rails for, bulk rails for ten cents piece, can't believe a vendor bought them. Like, a vendor is fist pumping. They got a ton of stuff they can post on their website for, you know, easily 10 times that. If you go to a website, how many rares can you buy for a dime? Right. Just, and that, and that's, that's like basic shit. That's like level one shit. Like so much, so much money can be made in an event like this. I, I think that it's what's surprising to me is that you can get 20 different websites to all spend 12, you know, 12 grand for a booth and all think they're going to have, you know, there aren't going to be enough people in the room for them to be able to buy enough stuff. And yeah. maybe a lot of that has to do with the fact that you know, at least 10,000 people are going to open sealed decks. Like, why bother breaking down Modern Masters 2 when you can have a room do it for you and just buy the cards you want off of them? Uh, it's, a, it's a spectacular opportunity to do that for your own website. And, and uh, again here, Jonathan Medina with us on the show today, so... <laughs> oh, <yeah>. well. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just He's kidding, not, man. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's basic stuff. But, like, well, yeah, I no, don't know, I know, I don't I know, know I how just... much for our listeners. Like, I don't... Because again, I don't think the majority of our listeners are probably people who are dealing with this stuff. But well, I mean, someone asked, and I just was wondering if you guys knew what specifically it was talking about. And it sounds right. like yeah, it was it was definitely specifically in reference to him. Um, <laughs> I've right. I've never bought bought in a a table at a tournament like this. Like the one time or a couple times I looked into it, and there didn't seem to be anything like this. It was you know I asked how much a table was. I was told, and as long as you know, I was able to give the money before all the table space was sold, then I could have one. So this is this is actually pretty new to me, the politics behind it and stuff. And I don't know, I don't know how much there actually actually exists beyond this. You know, this might have been like a special case, or it might be something that happens at every event, and I just didn't know about it. Well, you just hmm. got to remember that you know, if if a, like if one TO runs event in one part of the globe and another TO runs an event in one part of the globe, they kind of already have a mutual understanding between the two of them where it's like, oh, I always set up at your events, right? Yeah, you always set up at my events. Okay, good. You know, whatever the market price is, we'll pay each other when we do those things, but we're locked in. There's not, there's not like, you know, over the years it has changed uh, and some of it's more shysty than others where you put in blind bids and then the TO gets back to you telling you if your bid was accepted wow. for a booth. It's. I mean, and again, I, I have no problem with, with TOs in a vacuum. I definitely know that the majority of them are kind of grandfathered into the system that exists. And I think that on a long enough timeline, Wizards should really just have an entire division that runs the Grand Prix and large events of that scale because they, they've been outsourcing it for over 20 years, and it's getting to the point now where it's so profitable uh, that they should really kind of take the reins back on that thing. 
uh, I think that would be that would be better for everybody. Cool. Did you have anything else, Jeeves, that you wanted to talk about or anything? Um, I think I am good. Okay, cool. Uh, and Tristan, anything else you wanted to discuss? No, I think we covered uh, packs that no one wants to buy, rape in Magic, and how ridiculously expensive it is to be a vendor at a Grand Prix. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I, people want to buy the packs. Come on now. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to buy them. I, mean, I don't want to buy them. You don't have I'll to want take them. them people, people want but... them, though. That's what matters. Are you calling me not a person? I thought that was obvious. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fuck you. All right, so, well, I guess we'll wrap it up then. Uh, Tristan, where can they reach you? Uh, I, it's easiest to find me on Twitter. I'm at Tristan Gregson. Uh, if you don't know what Twitter is but somehow listen to this show, then I you don't probably know how to don't listen name. to the show. Yeah, I don't know how you get a hold of me. You could try email. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that hard to find on the Internet. I think if you if you just Google me and you get through the garbage, you can find out how to get a hold of me. Uh, that's the best. All right, cool. And if, if you know, you, you know him from prison... Then you can see him again in Vegas, and it's you know, true. so he'll be there. And uh, officer, it's probably a good time. <laughs> right. And uh, Jeebs, where can they reach you, man? Uh, I am Doctor underscore Jeebus on Twitter, Dr underscore Jeebus with two E's. That's pretty much the easiest way to get a hold of me. I am there all the time. When did you get rid of the I Love Girl Scouts at mtgbrodills.com? Um, I never made that, but oh, okay. if you want, I can like I can give that. I to just you. assumed I can give so. you know like none of the site staff actually has Brodeo's emails. Like if you want one, you know that can be yours. Well, I, yeah, that's a why uh, I don't know why I would have your email address, but I understand what you're saying. That's cool. And uh, as usual, tangent at tangentrevolution.com, tangent dyn on MTGO, tangent dyn on Twitter, and uh, yeah, you can find me all over the place. So. Feel free to do that. Check out Imp's Prison, and uh, you can hear my last uh, interview with with Angelo on there. So it was pretty cool to be able to BS with him again. Uh, Until, I guess, probably, I don't know if next week's going to be podcasting or not with the whole Vegas thing going on this weekend. Anyway, until next time, anyway, I guess we are out. Later. Suckers, so hum MCs, you can't rock the game, so go cut the cheese. Take this application to rhyme like these. My rap's red hot, 110 degrees. So don't stop facing, I'll stop placing. Bet on that you'll be disgracing. You and your mind for my beat from my rhymes. A time for a crime that I can't find. I show you my gun, my Uzi ways a chum because I'm public enemy number one. One.